This is Rewired Radio with Erica Spiegelman, addiction and wellness specialist, motivational speaker, and author, helping individuals, couples, and families regain a sense of control, leading to personal growth, wellness, and a more fulfilling life. Here's Erica Spiegelman. Welcome, everyone. With 24-hour news in the palm of all of our hands, it's easy to get trapped in a cycle of anxiety. My guest today, Dr. Crystal Jones, is a multifaceted healing facilitator who has helped thousands of people cultivate a narrative of wellness and peace in the midst of turmoil. Dr. Jones is here today, and she's going to talk to us about how we can achieve balance, stay centered, and do this even as everything else completely competes for our attention because there's so much going on in all of our lives. Dr. Crystal Jones, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to get to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, you're a thought leader and you have, um, you know, so many different kinds of healing under your belt. You're a chiropractor, a doula, yoga instructor, consultant. So, you know, it's, it's, I love, I love meeting people that don't limit themselves in life and, and that really like are so open hearted and open minded to learning all the ways of healing. So I feel like it's, um, really, it's a great blessing to have you with us because, our, our listeners really need to, to understand that there's so many different ways and languages that we can heal. Absolutely. So tell, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, you first, tell us a little bit about um, how you, you know, came into this um, profession and, and a little bit about what you do now. So I began um, when I was an undergrad in the allopathic route, very like you come to me, and I can fix you. So I study nutrition and dietetics, and I work in the prison system, and I also work in the government system. And while they were very um, productive jobs, I really wasn't able to experience humans for who they were. I experienced them for whatever disease they brought me um, mm-hmm. or um, whatever I was told was wrong with them. I never really like saw them for what was right with them and how can we continue what's right with you. Um, So I left that and I went into a more holistic route and um, ended up with chiropractic, um, nutrition consulting, health consulting, um, being a doula. I worked in the healing arts temple to get some of my other education. I got formal education through chiropractic. There's just so many ways that Mm -hmm. really just showed up on my path and I was open to understanding the truth in what people presented to me rather than needing to define them by disease. And that's Mm -hmm. really been where my life has been is really just opening up, listening to what people are presenting with and asking them, what is it that I can do to serve you so that they move in a powerful position more than a position of being controlled by narratives that they believe that have a big Mm -hmm. conducive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm writing a second book on like basically narratives and, and all the way narratives show up in all of our lives when it comes to so many things, exercise, sleep, nutrition, uh, you know, relationships. So I, I feel like that's, it's so important for people to understand. I think it's the foundation of really where a lot of our problems come from and our anxiety. So to get to talk about that. True. Yeah. So anxiety in itself, right? Everybody has, would you say some anxiety? Um, why is it that some people, I mean, at least what, what have you found in your practice? Have you found some people just, um, are more obsessive compulsive around anxiety or they can't, you know, necessarily shake, um, 
you know, negative thoughts. What do you, what do you, what can you say about anxiety for people that are listening? And when I know everybody has a different uh, relationship with anxiety. True. Every single person I've seen has a different relationship to um, what they would consider anxiety. A lot of what comes is we live in a generation where people have deadlines placed on them and um, a lot of things aren't, a lot of things don't allow flow. And so when things don't allow flow, people are anxious about failure. Um, So that's a huge thing. People are very scared to fail um, we don't experience life. We are just like always meeting these deadlines and, um, without when, when doing that, we're not ever mindful. We never mm-hmm. take moments. And from what I see with my corporate clients, um, a lot of things actually don't get done, even though there's a lot of anxiety around things, about things getting done because there is no mindfulness approach to it. There is no time where you just sit and actually, um, understand where you are at the moment. Mm -hmm. Where are you right now? What is it that you can do with the resources that you have? There's just such a huge fear of not meeting a deadline or not having a child by this time. So we have um, a lot of anxiety about um, what we should be doing rather than who and rather than experiencing who we are. And it's not something that, you know, I'm saying we should just live without anxiety. Like you just don't need to think about it. I think we have to take a mindful approach to living and allow things to happen when they happen. And it will all happen on perfect timing. But most of our life is driven by a certain age that we need to do something, a certain time that we need to do something, Mm -hmm. all of these different things. And we just live, our heart doesn't live in our heart space anymore. It just lives in our brain. And Mm -hmm. it just... Mm -hmm sets off so many things for us. Yeah. Well, that's why I think it's important to identify where the shoulds are coming from. Are they your shoulds or is it like society's telling you uh-huh. you should be married by a certain age or your mom is telling you you should, you know, have been gotten to this point in your life? I mean, because I think <laughs> a lot of us climb someone else's ladder, you know, in life and then we get to the top of that or halfway up that ladder and we're like, uh, that's, this is not where I want to be, you know? And then that's what, ex- <laughs> that's where anxiety comes in. Cause you're not authentically connected to your purpose. You're living by right. someone else's standards, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I see that. I just see it so much. And there is the word integration that's so important in anything that I ever talk about because there's reality and then there's life. And mm. we often think that there's only one reality. We're only moving in one direction. But we have to learn how to integrate being present into getting things done or being Mm -hmm. present and to understanding why doors are shutting or why doors are opening. And I think we don't have that tool of integration. We just have this, what's next? What do we need to do? And we're like Mm -hmm. literally waiting on someone to tell us something that will create a level of anxiety because we're used to functioning on a higher heart rate. If not, Mm -hmm. then we feel like we're being lazy or Mm -hmm. we feel like we're not doing anything in the world. So then we're always battling between anxiety and depression, which, Mm -hmm. um, our normal human functions of the body just shutting down and saying, I can't do this anymore. Uh, But we just are never in that mindful place because we're always just like moving. We're either on or off. There's never any experiencing, which is Mm -hmm. important Mm -hmm. to life. Thank you for listening to Rewired Radio. And now a word from our wonderful sponsors, Professional Revenue Recovery Services. 
With the ever-changing landscape of private insurance reimbursement, the challenges of maintaining the health of your revenue cycle may seem insurmountable. From complicated billing and clinical guidelines to changing fee structures and more, today's behavioral health providers need an ally to help optimize the revenue cycle and ensure the stability and security of the revenue so that they can focus on providing quality care for their clients. My sponsor, PRRS, is a full-service revenue cycle management company that specializes in serving the behavioral health community. They offer traditional billing and collection services as well as utilization management, verification of benefits, training, and consultation. Additionally, they offer transitional and support services for facilities looking to self-manage their own revenue cycle. For more information on Professional Revenue Recovery Solutions, PRRS, go to www.prrsinc.com or to speak to a revenue management expert, you can call them at 1-888-405-3118. How do we change this like culture of thinking? Like how do we start to see that rest is important, that, you know, um, downtime and thoughtfulness and mindfulness, like you said, how do we begin to like literally it's so deep-seated that get into somebody's you know psyche that these things are if not really important very necessary to be healthy so i think there's a lot of work around the education part of it because most of us mm-hmm. don't know that resting is when the body actually heals itself so most don't even know that they just think resting and sleeping is what you do at night they just have no idea and then mm-hmm. i think especially because i see it more so in corporate clients is that creating that culture within the um, corporate atmosphere where it's part of your day, just like mm-hmm. coming in and drinking your coffee, once again, to raise your heart rate, but just coming in and drinking your coffee is a thing that you do when you work, work in the corporate world. But like having different strategies or having um, a lot of things that promote this type of work during your lunch period, during your lunch and learn, whatever it is, that really did, would help define mindfulness, awareness, presence, whatever we want to call it as key to functioning because most of the anxiety comes around work and Mm -hmm. product, like being productivity. And Mm -hmm. so when people are required to practice this in the place where they experience the anxiety the most and they're still able to get things done, it will train their brain into well, I don't really have to spend 14 hours on something that I could do in six hours if I was just actually productive right. and not hating my life while I'm doing these things. Right, or, right. Um, I just, like I said, I just really think the education and then implementing these practices mm-hmm. in, in places where anxiety is mm-hmm. um, running mm-hmm. rampant is so important. Um, the unfortunate mm-hmm. part is a lot of these companies when right. they hear productivity, they don't hear mindfulness. They hear less productivity when they hear mindfulness. They don't see that taking the mm-hmm. time will produce more results than what they want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, uh, so many questions for you. But, like, well, first of all, how do we how do we implement mindfulness? Like, what are actually some tools that somebody listening that, let's say, just started a company, has three employees, is anxious, sees that his employees are anxious, how could how could he or how could anybody listening, even if their employer's not giving them this time <laughs> for the structure uh, to, to rest, how could they implement some mindfulness practices into their own little world? 
so many different, like amazing little strategies. So one one strategy of implementing that is to just stop and implement breathing. Um, because a lot of, like we have apps, a lot of people have Apple watches, and I'm sure there's like a lot of different like versions mm-hmm. of that, that take note of how you're breathing. What is your heart rate? Like allowing apps that we already use anyway to mm-hmm. notice when our heart rate is going up and just sitting there and reminding yourself to breathe. You can download apps that will remind you to do that. That is one way that you can just like have mm-hmm. it come on at one o'clock, have it come on at 1230. That's one thing. You're going to be looking at your phone anyway because you're going to be distracted. So why not yeah. just have something to tell you idea. to breathe or just stop yeah. for a second? I think that's one of the easier ways to implement it. I can say you can meditate for five minutes. And most people don't feel like they have the accessibility to do that. So mm-hmm. the first thing, if you're going to be on your phone anyway, set up reminders to have you do something like that. And then another way, especially with people who are in startups, I, one, recommend you have these strategies implemented at the beginning. But if not, then at the beginning of the day, literally write down all the things that you need to do or that are required mm-hmm. of you that day and um, check them off. Yeah. A lot of times our, we are rewarded for, uh, what do we call it, multitasking. And our brain mm-hmm. really likes to do one thing at a time. Um, yeah. So right. if we just focus on that, there's like the Pomodoro method. There's just so many different methods of how you can just do one thing at a time, complete one task at a time. That really allows you to have a sense of accomplishment. A sense of accomplishment right. really allows you to um, move through the rest of your task a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we're doing, we're like half-assing 10 different tasks and nothing gets right. done and then you feel overwhelmed. But like, right. those are two simple ways of doing it for the person who's never implemented any practices and doesn't have the time. Um, there's also yeah. talking about nutrition and what you have around the office and not having soda machine, having tea, yeah. having water, having things like not having things that encourage the um, atmosphere. A lot of these uh, companies will start and they'll have, well, let's just have coffee, which, you know, if it works for you, great, but it also, it also promotes anxiety or yeah, trying to get your body jitteriness. in that space. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are like small, small ways of um, implementing it for the person who's never done it before or feel like they don't have the budget to do it. Like just allow, one, understand your employees. How do they learn best? Mm-hmm. Um, allow them to have their personal time as long as they get their work done. Like those things are really important. Because people will do the work if they can have their time. But if they Mm -hmm. feel like they're never going to get time, Mm -hmm. they don't want to do the work. And then you're getting upset and then you're pushing it on them. And there's just so much. (laughs) Yeah. No, it is. It's just like, you know, there's so many layers to all of this. And obviously it's different for every, every individual has a different experience. But I think overall, too, which you touched upon, it's really important to change your mindset about things. Because I feel like Mm -hmm. if you are... You know, I had on someone on my one of my um, 
a guest on my podcast that said something really, um, I thought really cool was, you know, he tells his daughter every morning, like, Hey, you get to go to school and I get to go to work. Like just his language Mm -hmm. of, of like, you know, using that language in his home. So he mirrors that for his daughter. It's kind of the same thing for us as individuals. We could, you know, if we're in our own head driving to work, like, Oh, I have to go to work. I hate this job. I hate the blah, 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 blah. Versus like, you know, I'm grateful I have a job. Um, I'm a little overwhelmed, but I will get through this. Like, you know, positive affirmations and changing the language in our own heads is, is so important. And we don't even realize that we're like on this like continual negative loop about what we tell ourselves that, you know, of course that's going to cause anxiety. And of course we're going to feel, um, frustrated and depressed and, you know, all these kind of negative emotions because of our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right. So Absolutely. do you address this too? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, well, I'm very aware that what you're saying about changing your perspective about it is key. About everything in life. Really? Everything. Mm -hmm. Right. You shouldn't be doing something that you don't want to do. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, well, you know, you just shouldn't work if you don't want to work. But most people just don't want to work because they don't like what they're doing. And I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago. And I said, what would your life be if you did what you wanted to do? rather than what you thought you had to do to get where you were trying to go. And that really just put a shift and it will put a shift in your mind about why you are working or why you're wanting to have a family or why you're wanting to do all of these different things. If we just have the different perspective of this is what I would love for my life, or this is I'm excited about this, or I'm grateful for this opportunity, or I have an exit strategy, but right now this is exactly where I am. Um, I think once we start um, changing our attitude, it kind of, it's cheesy, but like having the attitude of gratitude is a thing because it's not, I think a lot of people got, get it confused when you say gratitude and happiness because gratitude is not happiness. Gratitude is saying, even when I'm frustrated, I'm grateful because this is a human experience and I'm having it right now. Um, mm-hmm. and then like really checking in, putting your hand over your heart, putting your hand over your abdomen and seeing where your breathing is and that you are breathing. Um, just taking those moments to notice what you do have rather than what you don't have, or I'm yeah. sitting in traffic to go to work. Um, but you're also passing by people that, um, are asking mm-hmm. for just a dime to eat right now. Um, right. so, and you, but you are in your car. There are many people who don't have that. Or, right. you know, if you are in your car, if you're riding on the train, so people can't do that, you know, just really activating your senses to what you're grateful for will always bring your blood pressure down, like, mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, simple things, in my opinion, um, but you have to, like, you can sit, you can sit in the frustration. It's a very real feeling. But you, but while you're frustrated, there's still a part of your body that's still breathing for you which means Mm -hmm. there's like something to be grateful for. It doesn't mean you're not frustrated, but you get to figure out what vibration you want to vibe in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I I, I love that you said like the hand on the heart, the hand on the stomach and just breathe and feel, feel that you're alive. And it it actually does. it, It like pauses whatever's going on in your head and does bring you back to the present moment so much faster than, you know, you're probably like, whoa, I was just like stuck in this crazy, you know, tape in my head about something. And then it like allows you to stop. So I I feel like that's always so helpful too. And so, yeah, it really is. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, and and on on to like you know another thing that bleeds into that is is also just understanding like that you know our body is something too that is a you know it is a temple and it is what you know is affected mm-hmm. when we have stress too you know it, like we have stress hormones that are released and you know I, I have a lot of clients that come to me with a lot of physical ailments because of their stress and not taking a couple, you know, minutes a day to stretch their bodies out or to see a chiropractor or to do some kind of physical exercise, even taking a brisk walk for 20 minutes. You know, I feel like it helps us with depression and anxiety. And a lot of people don't do that. They just, they think that, um, you know, reading a self-help book is going to do that. And I mean, I think that's very helpful as well, but we have to put, we have to put our knowledge into action or else what's the use, you know? And I feel like that's, mm-hmm. I have a lot of clients that are very self, you know, well read and about self-help and they've gone to therapists and da, 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 but it's really hard for them to implement it and create habits and routines and action and action and action every day so then it never takes place and then they're like oh that didn't work or you know that doesn't really help me and I'm like well how long have you done it okay once a week and that's not gonna really do it you know do you find that like routine mm-hmm. and habits is something that is important to create absolutely I think well, I know routines are important, but I think the missing link typically for people that say those kinds of things is that they've not connected to why they're doing it. Um, mm-hmm. Or why they're so, not doing it. <laughs> like, or why they're, or why they're not doing it, but more so why they are doing it. Because once they, yeah. um, they leave their therapist or they, you know, read the self-help book and it says do this thing and they do the thing, they're doing it because someone told them to do it. So they're not connecting to a deeper reason why they're doing what they're doing. So when you don't see a difference, the issue is more so that in your brain, it's like, well, this thing doesn't work. It doesn't mean that like I'm trying to figure this out. It just means it doesn't work. Um, Mm -hmm. And I tell people from the beginning, well, just do the things that you regularly do. We just do it for a different reason. So, like, when you take your shower in the morning or at night or whenever you do it, like, take the shower because you are washing off and starting fresh rather than just getting clean so you can go to work. If we're drinking water, let's just drink the water to reoxygenate ourselves so that we can push out everything that's not serving us rather than just drinking the water because we need this much water every day. So when we mm-hmm. put, like, a why behind it, then we have a stronger attachment to it. And then I think even going further as to, well, why would I baptize myself daily? Why would I drink water every day? Why would I brush my teeth every day? Why would I just wake up and take two seconds to breathe in? Um, Because you have to realize that you're worthy of that type of work. Like what, however you believe that you're a vessel here to do whatever it is you're here to do, when you really realize that you are that temple then you do the things to honor that temple. But until you right. realize that you are that temple, then you're just doing what some doctor or some book or some podcast or some whatever has told you. And especially with it being very, very popular with self-care right now, you're just doing what it takes to get the life that you want because you see someone else having it. That is not a good reason and it will not it will not produce sustainability. Right. Sustainability comes from connecting it to who you are and why it is so important to um, really clear out your temple. If you don't Mm -hmm. view yourself that way and you view yourself as a trash can, then why would you do all that work for a trash can? You probably clean out a trash can like every six months or whatever. 
because that's what you do with that. But temples, like you, you they're like pretty much holy ground, and mm-hmm. most of us don't treat our bodies that way, which mm-hmm. you know deters us from wanting to ever have those consistent rituals or um, routines for that. You know, I think right. that's where the missing link typically is that I've seen. I love that. I love that. So asking yourself the why, like, why should I go for a run today? Why should I eat this apple? Why should I, you know, connect with Mm -hmm. my community? You know, those things. Is that what you're, yeah, I think that's amazing. I I really, really, yeah, really connecting to the magnificence and the excellence that you are. You always want to do things to improve that excellence and magnificence. When you don't find yourself that way, you just really have no reason to honor your temple. And it makes sense. Like, it makes so much sense that if I don't see myself as a worthy vessel, then I don't really need to do much to clean this temple. I just, I don't, or like you do with your house, like most people do with their house, they clean it if guests come over, but not for them to be in there. And I think that's what everybody's doing. It's like, they'll do it for a reason to get to a wedding dress or to have a baby but then like once it's done okay that project's done I can just like continue living and it's just really about that value of like who are you and and, like why do I need to do these things to show up on this earth in a magnificent way and what if somebody says you know like I don't feel like I have value and I don't feel like I'm worthy of certain things like I just that's like let's say that's a narrative from a very long time ago that they were you know somehow somehow it was related to them in that way you know because I, I get that where people are like why you know why should I like take care of myself like I you know I'm not kind of worth worthy of that how do we begin to change that kind of narrative I think that's where the work comes in um you know just I think it's been really popular recently to just like look at affirmations and say I am worthy and all of these mm-hmm. different things and I do think they work for the subconscious mind by evoking all of your senses, there's a reason why you feel unworthy. And I think going back and really understanding where that narrative came from mm-hmm. and um, and really doing that work. I mean, that's just honest. I, I think you can always do it on your own, but I also think if you want someone to help you get there, that is what, that will make the biggest difference is understanding where that came from and when somebody yeah. told me that the first time was that true and if it wasn't true don't get on yourself for believing it for this long but say I don't want to live by this narrative anymore and like let's physically write this narrative that I'm living by down and physically write down how I'm changing that narrative yeah and it's not changing it into I'm not worthy to I'm completely worthy because it's really, it takes time and writing that narrative every single day and like really rewriting that script is how I work with people through it. Um, and that's really the only way that I've seen um, it work is somebody is really willing to go down and go into those shadows and go into those crevices and those grayscales of their lives and um, and touch the untouchable and really just yeah. open up. Um, you can, like, like you said, you can read any book or you can go to any therapist and you can do all of these different things and walk out feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm worthy today. But if your soul doesn't crave that, if that's not the narrative debate that you're living by at a core level, it will only last as long as any drug will last. Like it right. lasts and then it's over. It's you know, short but term. like really getting 
getting to that core. And, you know, for me, I work with people from, like, sometimes it takes two days to get into those narratives. Sometimes it takes a week. So we, like, literally sit there and mm-hmm. and really work through it, through the body, through talking, through writing. Because in order to make the change, you got to believe these changes. You can't just believe what I tell you. Right. I mean, I can only right. be your cheerleader, but I can't go on the court with you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I love that. That is just to like ask yourself, where did this come from? Is it true? Writing it down, you know, writing the opposite, starting to affirm the opposite and then really like living it and feeling it. And, And I think there's also just it's so nice when people, you know, there's some contrast that they could see themselves in a different light. Cause then they start really believing it. Like I am a good friend. I am a compassionate person. I am lovable. I am worthy, you know? And that's like when I see that the, like people kind of turn the corner and they, you know, start to really change their lives. So yeah, Crystal, thank you so much for all this like amazing, really amazing information. Um, so can you tell everybody where to find you and, um, how to uh, get a hold of you and your company and, and what's going on. Um, so you can get in touch with me easiest through drcrystaljones.com, uh, D-R-C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-J-O-N-E-S.com. Um, and that's how you can reach out to me through social media as well. Um, that's, yeah, so that's, those are pretty much the ways you can reach me that I can think of. I have a wellness production company and then a mindful strategy company, but those through um, the website and connect with me there, especially if you want, you know, tips and, Mm -hmm. or even just to change your entire company around. (laughs) That's awesome. So, and also healwithcrystal.com. So they're the same website, but they're the same. Okay. I just have that one. Okay. Awesome. That's so great. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and for your valuable information. I really appreciate it. And so I'm sure so do our listeners. You're listening to Rewired Radio on Radio MD. I'm Erica Spiegelman. Thank you all for joining us today and stay well. Thank you. Crystal, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.